When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB this Wednesday. I'm Juliette Sarli on what has been in the end a negative day for the markets. Let's just have a quick look at where the CBO is tracking at the moment. Of course, we've got about 10 minutes until all the final trades come through. It is down four tenths of 1%. We're looking at the ASX 200 also weaker by four tenths of 1% or 30 points, 7,384. So let's have a look at some of the reasons behind why we've been seeing such a volatile day's trade. Well, we've got party pooper there because, of course, we heard from the Fed's Waller overnight, which really started to pour uh, water on these expectations that perhaps we could see rate cuts as early as March. That saw a lot of movement in bonds, weakness, of course, in U.S. markets. And we've taken that weak lead coming through into our market as well. We're also closely watching what's happening in the energy space, particularly amidst uh, these attacks uh, on the Houthi rebels in Yemen. We've got the escalating Middle East tension really flowing through into the oil price, although it has been interesting that you actually did see a little bit of momentum in the Brent contract. It was the U.S. contract in uh, U.S. trade that was down by about four tenths of one percent. And that was also partly due to domestic factors. We had an Arctic chill crimping crude production in North Dakota. Evolution devolution. Well, of course, this was all about the fact that Evolution Mining came through with an update that very much disappointed the market and has dragged down a number of those gold players with it. So let's have a look at some of the gold moves there uh, when we have a look at uh, how the gold players have settled up. No chart, I will tell you because I have my iris in front of you. Uh, Newmont down 5%, Northern Star off 4.5% and Evolution down 16.7%. I do believe it is the worst performer today uh, on the ASX 200. Let's have a look as well in terms of what we've been seeing on the energy space. And as I mentioned, this volatility, this choppy move in crude, very much weighing into those energy players. You can see Woodside down 1%, Santos off 1.2%. Having a look as well at the REITs today, the interest rate sensitive sector also under pressure. GPT down 2.6%, Charter Hall down by almost 3%. And uh, then in terms of some of the corporate stories we've been following, Westpac downgraded to underweight from equal weight by Morgan Stanley. NAB uh, was upgraded to equal weight from underweight. Also interesting that NAB has now um, put aside its rate hike expectations as well. We had some pretty disappointing building dwellings data today. Lottery Corporation shares, they were higher by 1%. uh, The company appointing the ex-QIC Chief Executive Doug McTaggart as chairman. And we've got Bapcor in there as well. It uh, also had news that its CFO is leaving. 
Well, let's get all the macro news and welcome to the COB, Brody Harold of Macro Capital. Hi, Brody. It has been a very volatile start to 2024. How are you sort of viewing all the overall picture here and the mood? Yeah, I think sort of the the two months leading into the end of the year was a pretty sort of aggressive rally. Um, obviously, it's sort of been bond yields at the forefront. Um, we had close to on the XJO about a thousand point rally um, in those last two months. So. You know, the market's sort of uh, woken up in the, the new year. It's just sort of readjusting. Bond yields are readjusting now at the moment. And I think it's it's sort of a, a bit of a give and take at this stage because you're looking at sort of the, the twos, tens bond yields, which is that sort of predictor of a recession. Um, that gap's getting thinner and thinner, which mm. is really positive news. So the market's starting to price in. Okay, maybe we won't hit that sort of recession as such. Mm. Um, but again, central banks, and this is sort of confirmed overnight uh, with Waller. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. The party pooper. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's getting in the way. Maybe we won't get these sort of cuts quite as uh, quite as soon as we would have hoped as well. So the market's just playing up with that. And I think it's just sort of, yeah, probably gaining back fair fair value after a big rally. So what are you doing at Macro Capital in terms of portfolio positioning then to kickstart 2024 when there is still so much volatility and I guess uncertainty, particularly when we look at the geopolitical picture? And we had China data today too. Yes, that's correct. So look, it's sector specific within the ASX, but I think from a a broader standpoint, uh, we've actually been sort of slightly overweight US markets. Um, an easy way for investors to to be able to do that is through some of these ETFs as well. So, yeah. you know, we're just looking at sort of the the broader macro picture, thinking, look, if you have a look at the inflation data um, and how aggressive the Fed was with rates in comparison to Australia, yeah. um, we are still lagging, whether yeah. that's sort of three months, six months, um, there's got to be a lag there. So building up, yeah, international exposure through some of those ETFs. Um, increasing some of the fixed interest investments mm. as well is always a, a really sort of, I think, important thing to do yeah. um, when rates are at these levels because you can benefit both from the income perspective, take on board less risk as well. Um, and now what we're starting to do is just adjust the Australian exposure um, to become more sector specific. So, you know, starting to probably reduce some of our exposure to healthcare, um, increasing exposure to sort of some of the energy plays. Um, and yeah, just sort of minor adjustments within that. I want to get to some of your picks in a moment, but you touched yes. on ETFs then, a bit of a curveball, but yeah. was there much appetite at Macro or have you been following the, the spot Bitcoin ETFs? Um, at this stage, not allowed to comment on it. Okay. Uh, there's always going to be that sort of uh, massive interest as yeah. well. Um, look, it's probably not a space we, we really delve in, but I know I've been fielding a, a couple of client calls. So the interest is certainly there. I can tell you that much. All right. Okay. Let's get to your consumer discretionary picks then. You're looking at Premier Investments and Accent Group. What do you like? What do you not like about these companies? Yeah. So probably two picks. I mean, it's a space that we've probably avoided mm. um, like the plague over the, the past couple of years, but I think we're really starting to warm up and looking to get some more exposure and sort of consumer discretionary and, and mostly sort of retail through these two names as well and I think that's just confirmed we got that retail data last week that was in above expectations so I think analysts had had it at around about that 1.2% mark um, mm. came in at 2% um, and it's just look I think everyone's been waiting uh, for the spending to slow down but 
wages and, and the uh, job market's still very, very strong at the moment. Mm. What we're trying to price in now is a slowdown of the economy, not a complete sort of stop or recession. So starting to look at some of these plays, if we can avoid a recession and we've got bond yields eventually reducing, happy to uh, increase some retail exposure. So exactly like you said, probably our number one pick in the space has mm-hmm. got to be Premier Investments. Um, a lot of that has to do with the management, how well the business is run. Mm. Um, obviously owned by the the great sort of businessman Solomon Liu yep. as well. Um, so, you know, you're getting obviously their high quality brands. It's not sort of top of the line luxury brands at all. Um, so, you know, the, the margin on their business is pretty good. You're also getting sort of joint ownership in Meyer and Breville. So mm. you got that diversification there. So. Look, they came out not too long ago. They posted those sort of Black Friday record sales. I think they can do something similar. Um, I don't know if you you got caught up in Pitt Street Mall on Boxing Day, but no, I um, avoid that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was mayhem. So yeah. I'd say that the demand is is definitely there still. Mm. Um, that could flow through from these sort of uh, Christmas and, and Boxing Day results as well. Um, another really interesting thing about it, and it's probably started to come up now, is their discussions about demerging mm-hmm. um, portions of the business. So this has become very popular actually yeah. over the past couple of years in terms of. I guess, unlocking shareholder value. Um, so they've already started those discussions with UBS. Yeah. Um, I think that's a potential, if you are an investor, that's something that you can be excited about um, as opposed to the other way around because realistically, you group all these companies together, um, the value can be somewhat locked. Mm. Um, you start to sell off these businesses or look at them under a microscope and um, yeah, there's definitely sort of more value underneath the surface. So really good business in the space. I think they're gonna continue to be strong. Um, led by good management and the potential bonus of uh, demerging value as well. And sorry, Accent Group, you, that's also a pick. Yes, another fantastic business. Yeah. Um, really sort of good growth player in the space. Um, that lifestyle sort of footwear range, um, I think. Gosh, like it's, it's had a good five years. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So again, in the, the retail space, not sort of big ticket items. Um, you know, they've been increasing their online exposure as well, which has become a huge part of their business, I think around about 20% of that. Um, but there's a, a really interesting argument for, for names like this and why they're sort of quite strong. Um, they're supposed to be quite cyclical businesses, but you know, you're looking at sort of youth fashion as opposed to that sort of high end as well. Um, so the majority of their customers are, well, youth. Mm. Um, realistically, they're not, they don't have a mortgage necessarily. And this is, look, most of their customers, not all of their customers, they don't necessarily have a mortgage. They probably don't have the dependence as such. So they're not quite as prone to the broader macro picture. Mm. Um, Cause you look at the underlining brands and they are sort of youth orientated. That's what they're marketed into. Mm. Um, and that's where they're very, very successful as well. So I think in the retail space, again, you know, starting to pick up allocations in, in both these names, uh, yeah, at the moment. And I think, you know, now's a probably a, a good time to do so. So we're still spending despite all the, the doom and gloom as you talk about the uh, the yeah. big queues for Boxing Day following Black Friday. I mean, I was talking earlier about the fact that it's so busy just even trying to get a coffee in the morning too, but I think that plays to 
the people being back in the office theme as well. That's it. Yeah, Brody, great to have you with us. Brody Harold of Macro Capital with us here in studio. Uh, do want to bring you what is happening in terms of the leaders and laggards as well for the session. We touched on A2 Milk, up 5.8% on no real news, but the China data did come through today with that growth above 5%. And we heard from Premier Lika Chang in Davos also saying that overall growth in 2023 was 5 Of course, we know that A2 Milk does generate a lot of business from China. Deterra, Data 3, also looking good. Tilix Pharmaceuticals and Bega Cheese. Having a look at the laggards in the session today, Evolution Mining, we've touched on uh, the biggest laggard, down almost 17% on that update and dragging down a number of the other gold players and miners as well. Batcore, of course, has its CFO leaving down 6%. Imugene down by 4.5%. Looking at the small end of town, uh, Anson Resources up almost 8%, Fluence there up 7.4%, and to the downside in the small caps, uh, Clearview Technology leading the declines there off by about 13%. Well, the stock of the day was Santos, Michael Wayne of Medallion Financial, and David Lane of Audmanet gave Koshi their verdict earlier today. Today, we've held Santos for a number of years. It's done nothing. We've been kind of waiting for the story to play out for Santos. It's never really arrived. Even a couple of years back when energy companies had their amazing year, it was hard to sit back and watch all these other companies doing really well and Santos struggling. But we've held firm just because we are very much attracted by the growth profile that Santos has in place. They've got obviously this Barossa project, a big Alaska project as well. And it's conceivable that in 10 years or so that Santos has more production at Woodside. Got a buy recommendation on Woodside. So if I was leaning one way or the other, I'd probably go towards Woodside at the moment. Um, but you know, from current valuation, I think that Santos is good value as well. So yes, I think that would be a positive for both businesses, but there's enough reason to look at buying them irrespective of whether the merger happens or not. And checking, of course, what is on overnight. Uh, In the Eurozone, we're going to get a CPI for December. UK also releases inflation data on both the core and producer price index. The Fed Reserve's beige book coming through, industrial production for December, retail sales for December. So a very busy one. And of course, we'll be looking as well in terms of any more clues from the Fed as to when the timing of those expected rate cuts. Uh, In fact, so many things happening in the US. We've got two pages, business inventories data, the housing market index and earnings from Charles Schwab, Alcoa, Discover, US Bancorp, Kinder Morgan, Citizens Financial and Prologis. Uh, Let's have a look as well what we're looking out for here. It's going to be about the unemployment data for December. Ampol issuing a quarterly update as is Illumina, of course, coming on the back of Alcoa's numbers in the US and BHP will come through with a production update as well. Let's finally have a quick look at where the market has settled. The SIBO 200 down four-tenths of 1%. The ASX 200 is down 30.7,384. And uh, we know that um, Evolution Mining was the biggest laggard. It was down 16.5% on the close. BAPCOR also a big loser. And the index down 1%. This is the ASX 200 over the last five days, but virtually unchanged over the last 
52 weeks. I feel like I've been saying that for about 52 weeks. All right, that does it for AusBiz for this Wednesday. We will be back bright and early tomorrow. Have a good evening. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.